Start your own fucking podcast. I did it, and I'm half retarded. The whole point of this episode was to do, um, like, node privacy and to kind of, like, take the angle of why it's important to run your own node, um, what privacy benefits you get specifically from running a dojo as opposed to other node implementations, um, just kind of stuff like that and really see where the conversation goes. I mean, not anything too... uh, too crazy or too deep because most of uh most of my listeners are left side of the bell curve so okay easy all for it let's do it um yeah so i mean why don't you why don't we start off with you like telling people what you do cool hey yeah so um i'm a btcx zelko on telegram zelko for people that i'm friends with and uh yeah, so I'm uh, one of the co-founders of Ronin Dojo, and um, it's a full node implementation, one of the plug-and-play uh, solutions to get people to be running their own full node um, and backing up their, uh, to use that to power their Bitcoin wallets. Um, and I've been, I've been working on that for about three years now and had no software coding experience whatsoever and uh, just been learning as I go. And thankfully we attract a lot, attracted a lot of good uh, false developers who joined the team. And uh, we thank God we released our first product. So uh, we don't have to bend the knee to any, uh, to any, you know, VC ventures or anything like that. We can uh, fund ourselves and, um, and kind of run the project the way we want to, instead of the way other people want to. And uh, yeah, so I'm just uh, excited to be here and thanks for having me, man. Yeah, absolutely, man. I'm uh, in the process of getting a dojo together myself. I've been running a raspy blitz for, I don't know, probably like a year, uh, not quite a year. Um, yeah. I like raspy blitz. I, um, well, I, so I ran it way back, like, like um, probably right when I first started working on Ronin, because uh, I had like a mission of trying to get implement dojo uh, you know, the Samurai uh, backend server for a Samurai Wallet. And I was trying to get that on like every node implementation I could. So like I got it working on uh, my node, uh, Node already had it. And then I started to uh, work with the Raspberry Blitz guys for a little bit. And they, uh, they just, they don't use Docker. So we kind of diverted paths on that one. But, um, you know, Raspberry Blitz guys are, they're false guys. We don't have the same, Mental, we don't have the same path and the same focus, uh, but I like that they're focused. I like that they're uh, false guys through and through, and uh, I at least respect that. So it's a, uh, it's pretty cool. I like that they're anti-Docker. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love Docker. I think there's a, a lot of, of power to it, but it's funny. It's just like a some people are like super pro and some people are super anti-Docker. Uh, like Keto Miner with Nodal is like, beyond anti-docker it's like uh, it is what it is but everyone has their own you know their own preferences as long as it works for the users man like that's that's really what matters yeah absolutely i mean i've been uh i mean i've talked about it a couple of times but i've been working on forking uh a linux project 
with a friend of mine and uh it's hard to to i really admire what you guys have done with dojo because it's really difficult to create a project that is privacy focused uh user friendly um it's it's like not an easy task right we've been trying to fork a linux implementation that's uh gentoo based Mm-hmm. and it's just it's such <laughs> it's such a struggle bus yeah that's a whole another beast um but yeah no it's definitely uh it's definitely got its it's um you know it definitely has its you know pros and cons i guess it has uh you know some struggles but you know the the beauty of a lot of the community that you know that we serve as far as um, you know, our Ronin Dojo users is that people are running a Ronin Dojo because they care about privacy. So, and then most of them are Samurai Wallet users, which means that they care about privacy. So, we get a lot of people that you know they have that's their passion, and so you know we get people who contribute all the time or offer solutions or suggestions and you know, drop issue requests and stuff. And so it definitely helps a lot, especially if you don't you know you're not super privy on it. Um, and yeah, so like. Uh, that that's been a huge help but it's a you know the the, the biggest trade-off with um privacy focused anything is that 90 percent of the time it runs through tor which you know tor is an amazing tool but it does have its limitations you know like there's always going to be some sort of ux and um you know user user experience issues with a privacy trade-off like you don't get privacy with like perfect Privacy and security do not go with UI and UX. So, um, you know, you have to make some trade-offs, but I think that um, with uh, that being our main focus and not having to implement Lightning um, and we can like focus on chain, it's really helped us to be able to like zero in on privacy and uh, and security. So that's been a really cool uh, new function. Yeah, that's, um... I mean, I think the goal is really to make it as uh, user-friendly as possible while still maintaining, you know, the the ethos and the, the ethics, really, that you, you know, hold yourself to. You know, you can't compromise that stuff because a GUI is pretty or you can't compromise that stuff because it's more convenient to just be able to do, you know, a one-click thing. Um, unfortunately, you know... Pre- you said uh, what you said about privacy, but like, you know, privacy and um, convenience, you know, people usually give way to convenience. So it's it's nice to have something like what you guys implement that's really user-friendly, um, you know, and can kind of bring people in who aren't necessarily super privacy-focused. Um, you know, I know when I started running Raspy Blitz, I ran Raspy Blitz because of their view on things. Uh, but I had, like you said, I had zero coding experience. I had zero computer experience. So, you know, Raspy Blitz is like, it's a, it's a big leap from somebody who's, you know, coming out of running apps off of like an app store and everything being so like user centered. And, you know, it's, it takes some getting used to. Yeah, I mean, that, that's a, anybody that has to go into terminal right away. And that was kind of the um, 
the biggest difference I felt like and felt like a roadblock for a long time since, you know, my node really uh, took the lead on, you know, the GUI first, you know, having that nice like web, that web interface and, um, and obviously like Umbrella came along and, you know, they did their thing, but, um, you know, it was, it, it was such an important thing for us. I felt like to start with that terminal, um, that terminal experience and a lot of our, our menus and the way that our, our, uh, backend, like our CLI works is, is, uh, inspired by Raspberry Blitz, you know, like the, the menu options and just making things happen really easily. A lot of that's just inspired straight from them. And, um, and so that's why I was give him kudos and, uh, and like open arms, like I used to always just like look at his like guides whenever something new would come up. And, um, you know, so when, when we were starting to like make all that stuff, it was like, we had a lot of people who would, who would like reach out on Telegram and like, I've never used Terminal before and I don't know how to run these commands. And it was just like, it was nice for me because, you know, I can relate exactly just like you can. And like, I can relate to those people. You know, I like, I had to learn the hard way for a very long time, how to use the command line and how to use terminal. And, uh, you know, after bashing my head on the, on the freaking uh, keyboard for a long enough time. Yeah. I just, uh, eventually I started to pick some things up, but I'm a, I'm like a self self-induced self pain inflicted, uh, learner. So, uh, I had to learn the hard way, but yeah, I mean, going into the terminal and kind of getting rid of that fear, I think is huge. Having a nice, you know, web interface is with the privacy focus is, um, is a huge step. And I think that helps onboard, um, and take the fear away from a lot of new users. Um, I still always want people to like jump into the terminal and like not be afraid to use it. It's always my first thing to tell people like, Oh, go into the terminal and do this rather than trying to do it from the UI. But, um, yeah, I think when people get over that fear, it's, um, it's, it's like a, a huge like learning experience. And you just see people who they're like, I had never done this before. And now I'm a, you know, I, I feel way better and I can do so much more stuff and I'm trying to learn, you know, different, you know, languages and whatever. And, you know, we appreciate what you guys did. And, and it's a, it's a cool feeling for sure. Yeah. It's not only that, I mean, the first time you do something in terminal and it works. Like I, I remember the first thing I ever did in terminal, uh, I had just put Ubuntu. Oh my God. I can't believe I just said that on, uh, <laughs> on a Dell laptop that I had. And like, I used it to SSH into my raspy blitz and I, I must've fucked it up 15 times. <laughs> and then I finally like typed it in just right. And I hit the button and it worked. And you instantly feel like the hackers in the movies. You know, it just like happens and you're like, fuck yeah. Yeah, you're the Pepe ha uh, hacker meme, just <laughs> going through the matrix. Yes, yeah. exactly. Man, like I, I remember having that exact moment. So when, uh, for me, it was like, I, I kind of learned like the, the terminal stuff because I was one of those guys that like followed copy and paste guides from like, you know, how, how to install, like I installed lightning, like when it was like, what was it hashtag reckless or whatever the fuck it was like when it first started and uh and like when it, people would not let you go on mainnet and um like i remember like getting like i remember my like aha and i felt like hacker man was um s2l1 
you know, my other co-founder, he was like, oh, let's automate stuff. I was like, dude, I don't know how to automate things. Like I know how to like copy it and paste a command. And like, I know the commands I need to run, but that's all I know. And he's like, dude, just turn it into scripts. And he like, just showed me, like he sent me like, uh, you know, stack exchange and shit. And I was like, okay. So when I first got a script to work, I was like, oh my God, I made a script work. This is amazing. You know? And it was like, this is the coolest thing ever. And uh, yeah, that was, that was a pretty big moment. I felt like. Yeah, I had um, that cool. same experience with the with the first script that I ever put together was like this cheesy little script that works in terminal when you're uh, decrypting a PGP message. Mm-hmm. You like type it in and then you hit enter and it looks like the matrix and then it like <laughs> shows up right on the in the terminal window and I was like, hell yeah. That's sick. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Yeah, it's it's such a cool feeling, you know, and and that's the thing that I want I want from users. Like I want users to get that, and a lot of them do. Like a lot of them who come from zero, like never going into terminal, and then they do it, and they're like, "Oh my god!" I'm like, "I can't believe I can do this. This is way easier than I thought." And I'm like, "Yeah, like you got it. Like you just gotta start learning how stuff works. The next thing you know, you're three years later, you're gonna start writing your own code and developing your own stuff." So. It's a, it's a cool journey, man, for sure. It is. And it's, you know, a lot of people don't understand why uh, I'm like pretty public about the fact that I don't like um, a lot of the OSs that people talk about um, on like Twitter and shit. People, you know, people talk about Pop! OS and Ubuntu and, um, you know, when you start messing around in Terminal and you start like, doing start you know uh writing scripts and like making things work and you're like these fucking systems are not built for this these systems are for people to like click and play Mm -hmm. they're built to like open the box don't fuck with anything on the back end and just do you know what's available to you or you know go to their packages and pull something off of their packages yeah. But you start messing around, you start doing your own stuff. You're like, all right, I need a system that's like more free. I need somewhere where I can like, you know, I can mess around. Yeah, for sure. I mean, like developing your own OS and like, I know exactly why you're in, in uh, Gentoo, but um, yeah, it's, uh, I mean, that's a whole nother journey. You know, that's like a, that's a really big leap for, I think a lot of people. And uh but like, it's a, it's a good experience. You know, it's like a, a leap from like people that go from Microsoft. I think it's a journey just like anything else, right? Like you start with micro, like Windows and or Mac and you're like, okay, like what's this Linux thing everyone's talking about? And you use Ubuntu because you see everyone talk about it. And then you're like, oh, cool. All right. Maybe Pop! OS. And then, then you maybe get into like Fedora or whatever. Or maybe you go to Arc. And then, you know, I think that's when people really start like, opening their eyes and start like learning a lot of different stuff. Um, Gen 2 is, is, I mean, Gen 2 is for nerds, but you know, <laughs> you do, you know. Um, yeah, it's for nerds. I, I stand by that. Um, but, but it's definitely the most programmable. It's one It's hands down one of the most programmable, like, you know, you control what you do um, uh, OSs and you definitely need to have a good understanding of how, um, of how an operate the Linux operating system works. So that's like a huge piece. And I gotta give you props because that's like that's a lot. It's a yeah. it's been an event to try to figure out 
like I said, it's an event to figure out how to bring something that's so uh, builder friendly and so friendly when you want to start messing around internally, you want to start building. Uh, it's, a, it's a really friendly environment to do that in, but to take something that can do that and make it out of the box usable, um, you know, for the average person is, has been a, an experience. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's, that's why no one uses Gen 2, but. Um, no, I like Woe uses Gen 2. I, I know. <laughs> I, know I, said, I know exactly why you're doing it, but uh, yeah, no, it's a, uh, one person doesn't count. No, I'm just kidding. Um, yeah, no, it's, it's definitely, uh, it definitely has its, its uh, pros and cons, but yeah, that's uh that's a really awesome journey. And hopefully more people start to like, you know, experiment because that's, Really, you just got to take a leap and start trying to learn. And, uh, you know, next thing you know, you're doing some some crazy shit, like making your own OS. Yeah, I mean, I got I got lucky. I found I met a guy doing memes on Twitter and it just so happened that he's been uh, into like the cypherpunk movement and stuff for a really long time. And uh, he just volunteered to spend 50 hours teaching me terminal and how to code bash and it's been anytime you're you're presented with an opportunity like that with you know anything um anything really in life you're presented with an opportunity from somebody who is very experienced in a particular thing you want to learn and they offer uh an opportunity to learn about it for free uh all you have to do is set aside the time to learn um you know you're kind of I think you're kind of foolish if you don't set the time aside to uh, to take advantage of something like that, you know? Yeah, for sure. I mean, like that's that's exactly how like I learned all all the stuff that I did. Um, like I I'll never forget like messaging people. There's some dude named Nicholas on uh, Telegram and the Samurai Chats was just like he was like my go-to, and I was really scared to like bother people in the public chat you know and so i was like messaging him and he was like holding he, like i was holding his pocket you know and he was just like come here come here little guy like i'll show you and you know he just like kept pasting commands and i just kept doing them and you know like if you don't give those kind of people their time like if they're giving you their time you might as well give them your time because um you know if you want something to work and you want to figure stuff out like um you know you, you're never going to be the smartest person in the room um no matter who you are you're you're not and there's always something that you can learn from somebody. Uh, so having having that, you know, I've seen guys who are super, you know, super talented developers, and um, you know, you just got to be humble and be able to like learn from from anybody on both sides, because uh, you know there, there's a hundred ways to do anything in in, uh, in computer programming. So uh, trying to figure it out is is best to just like listen to people and try to pick their brains um but yeah that's a uh, it's pretty cool yeah i mean i feel like the same as privacy right it's the same with anything it's they're all little rabbit holes right and the linux thing has been a rabbit hole for me and the more i learn the more i want to learn uh the more i get into it the more i want to be able to like you know, the less I have to like message somebody and ask questions, the better I feel about myself. And it's, it's the same thing you go through with like Bitcoin, right? You, 
you mm-hmm. start buying Bitcoin, you get your Bitcoin on an exchange, everything's great. And then you're like, oh, I shouldn't have my Bitcoin on exchange. Cool. And you like move it to self-custody and you're like, oh, this is cool. You know, and then it's like, mm-hmm. oh, well, how do I, you know, how do I verify my own transactions? And you start moving yeah. into running your own node and all, you know, it's every little thing you do, you know, c- completes that picture a little bit more and you're a little bit more independent of relying on something else on the end of another system to make sure your stuff go through, goes through, you know, it's freedom money and you want to be able to do peer to peer transactions. Well, you know, a lot of people harp that and a lot of people use it as a, you know, they use it to farm engagement, but it, it takes some work to be able to use Bitcoin the way Bitcoin was intended to be used. 100%. I mean, like that's, that's like one of the funniest things that I think of, like, especially after the Citadel dispatch with the KYC stuff. And it's like, man, like we have strayed a lot, you know, since even when I was in 20, when I started in 2016, like late 2015. And it, it's like, um, and cause I went through that same journey, you know, like I didn't even decide to run a node until, I mean, like I had like a Bitcoin core node running on a laptop that I thought was doing something, but of course it wasn't because I didn't have it connected to anything and I wasn't like helping like broadcast anything. So, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't doing anything. I just thought I was. And, um, but like I ran it, I decided to try to install Dojo because Whirlpool CLI came out and everyone, as soon as Dojo 1.0 came out, everyone was like, you gotta, you gotta run dojo and start a new wallet move your funds and do whatever and i was like oh okay like that they're like yeah you do that and you're gonna be like totally like independent and be able to like you're gonna be totally sovereign and like it's like holy shit i gotta do that you know but when people start to mistaken how bitcoin was supposed to work right like a pseudonymous like peer-to-peer digital cash you can't do that if you're one hop away from the exchange, you know, it's like, Oh, well like self-custody and it's like, all right, like self-custody is great. Right. Like but self-custody, like the whole movement for self-custody was entirely because exchanges were getting hacked. Like Mt. Gox was a thing. Most of these like people in the, in the last, I don't know, two years, three years, four years, probably have no idea what Mt. Gox was about. Um, and you know, like, with those kind of a big events happening and, and exchanges getting shut down, people losing Bitcoin, um, you know, like self-custody was a big movement, was a big push. And, uh, and I obviously like you should be holding your own keys. Like that is part of what Bitcoin was about. That's like one of the biggest pieces, right? Like it's your money. Um, and then it goes, you know, from there, it's like, Hey, you need to be, I mean, it was different back obviously when Bitcoin started and every node was a miner. Um, and you could be doing that on your regular computer regular laptop but um you know verifying your transaction like being your own bank cut out all the third parties like this is about being your own bank and having no third parties that's what peer-to-peer is supposed to mean but if you're having to rely on someone else's full node then are you really doing that i'd argue no not everyone has the you know financial ability or maybe internet capability or whatever reason they might not be able to um, but like, if you have the capability and you're just not doing it just cause it's convenient, just everyone needs to understand that. Like, if you have a Bitcoin wallet and like a mobile wallet, light wallet, whatever, and you're not running it, it's not backed by your own, uh, Bitcoin node. 
you are essentially just relying on someone else and someone else has all your your transaction information someone else has all of your addresses or xpubs or whatever so if you really care about your privacy just as a whole you shouldn't be having you, you know you shouldn't be uh, relying on someone else's node so that was like what like the more i dug into that stuff and the more i learned i was like you know i got dojo going and then i realized why it was so important and then you know that's just kind of started my path towards the whole full node movement and that's why it's, it's exciting to see all these node projects pop up because it it shows how much the community actually appreciates running your own full node and having your wallets backed by it so it's definitely very cool yeah and it's a uh... It's really laziness if you, I mean, I guess there really are some people out there that just no matter how hard they try would not be able to grasp uh, what they need to grasp in order to run their own full node. But I, I feel like that's such a small number who can actually legitimately claim that. And, yeah. you know, it's all it takes is time. Like you have to put the time in and you have to learn. That's the big thing that I feel, you know, when you talk about stuff being lost uh, as far as like, you know, people losing the plot, it's like, you know, this wasn't, Bitcoin was never intended to be like this, this click and play type thing. Nope. Um, and I feel like that has taken a backseat to you know, majority of the conversation out there is like, well, how do we make it more click friendly? And, you know, it's, it's all about adoption and we're never going to get adoption if people can't just open something and push a button and it happens. And it's like, that's, that's not the point of what's happening here. The point of yeah. what's happening here is, is personal responsibility and being sovereign. And you're not, that's like claiming sovereignty because you buy organic vegetables, but you still buy them at the same fucking store that everybody else goes to. So there's nothing sovereign about that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's um, like the ethos get lost because so many people um, are willing to give up anything to see their Bitcoin bags get pumped. They're so, um, you know, they're hopped up on so much hopium of the number going to $100 billion, you know, and they're all going to be in these citadels and whatever else um, that they, you know, you lose it. You lose the whole point of why we're here. You lose the whole point of like what the, like what the white paper says, like if you're going to be a Bitcoiner and you've been in for a little bit of time, you should like, you should be reading the, the white paper. You should have at least like read like the extract. I'm not saying you have to go read every piece of the, you know, the white paper and understand it. Like that's, that's not like a reasonable expectation, but like, to understand the purpose like that that's pretty clear what the purpose of bitcoin and ten of bitcoin was and if um if people just really like start to understand that and start to like you know it's like oh we want you want things super easy right but when something breaks and you don't know how to troubleshoot it then you're then there's no point in knowing how to do it like how to like run a full node but if you don't know how to like fix it so what are you going to do when it breaks? Uh, help me. Okay. Well, like, do you know how to do anything? No. Okay. So you didn't have to learn how to do anything. You just press one button and installed 4,000 apps and your node broke, you know, your Raspberry, you know, your RPI4 broke. So now what are you going to do? You know, and it's, 
you know, that's why like learning that terminal stuff that we talked about is like, it's so important because you took the time to learn something. You took the time to like be able to fix something, you know, learn how to fix your stuff yourself because that's part of being sovereign. Part of being sovereign is not, you know, just because I supply you the code and I, and I, my goal is to make it easy on you. Doesn't mean that you shouldn't try to be sovereign in how to fix your own stuff. You know, like you shouldn't have to ask the same question twice, you know, like, you should be like, oh, okay, that's how I check that. Got it. That's how I fix that. Cool. I got it now. And it, and it's not saying a knock on people that ask multiple times, but like that should be your goal because that makes you a sovereign individual. And that's what this is all supposed to be about, you know? Yeah, absolutely. That's, I'm, I mean, the biggest piece of uh, experience of mine that I try to relay to other people when they're, uh, when they ask me about like, getting into linux is like just do yourself the favor and don't from day one don't start copy and pasting it's as simple as like look at what you have to copy and paste and type it out yourself because things yeah. like that will like make it stick in your head and like you because like you said if you get to something that needs to be fixed and all you've ever done is copy and paste well what the fuck are you going to do now yeah I mean, that's a huge part of, of like code in general. It was funny. I was, I was learning, uh, um, Python and, uh, a good friend of mine gave me like a, it's like a digital, a digital book on how to do Python or whatever. And, um, one of the, in like the intro and one of the rules, it's like, you are not allowed to copy and paste any code that is on here. Like in the practice scripts, it's like, you will type out every single thing, but the other good piece to that that like they don't really say, but something that I've started to like do as I've been right, doing a lot more commits and doing a lot more code recently is like, I tell, I, I'm saying to myself what that code is doing, right? Like you could say out loud, like, okay, you know, if this, you know, if this file is present at this location, right, then do this, whatever. Like that logic, like if you're saying it out loud and you're knowing what each syntax piece means, like whatever symbol it is that you gotta do, you're going to, it's going to click in your brain. And that's really code is understanding, you know, the, the syntax required and the logic that's required to make the code do whatever that, that is that you want it to do. And like, once you've understood, once you understand how to make those connect, make those things work together, your life is just so much easier and code just becomes, starts flying out of your head. And, um, and yeah, so it really does like typing out code, super huge. Cause it wasn't until I started to do that that I like actually understood what the fuck I was typing out or copy and pasting before. Yeah, absolutely. And it was, I mean, I think one of, I've said it on here a couple of times, but probably the best thing that I ever heard that made me like really want to strive for that sovereignty as far as um, OS, uh, anything really digital, right? Was that guy that took his time to teach me said to me, right when i first started getting into it he said to me if your machine isn't doing exactly what you tell it to do and nothing else you don't own that machine whoever controls it or that box owns you yeah. and i was like now now i have to know like now i have to learn because you're absolutely fucking right you know i talked about it in i don't know where the hell i talked I talked about it with somebody but there was a joe rogan stand-up where he was like, you know, we're fucked if all the smart people die. Like, how do you know how a cell phone works? Because I don't know how a cell phone works. Yeah. And it's funny, yeah. but it's absolutely true. Like, 
all the shit in your life that you don't know how it works like you're you're you should strive in life to figure out how the things you interact with work yeah what's the saying um uh, a jack of all trade is better than a master of one and a master of one or master yeah jack of all trades better than master of one um fuck i forgot the rest of it but like it's better to learn all that stuff right it's better than just you know trying to rely on somebody else right and i will say i'll counter a little bit of that point just to a little bit of an extent right because i think that everyone should strive to understand the the code and things that are being run on whether it's their computer or whatever else right um but like so that, and that kind of comes down to like you understanding code and you can go review code that you're being, that you're installing right that's kind of what makes like false important you could always fork off whatever you know false like projects that you want and then install it yourself but um i think that there's always some level of of trust that's required somewhere right like i don't think um and, and everyone's code is going to be slightly different too you know like um the way like i write some sort of function might be different than the way you might write the function and maybe it does the same thing or close to the same thing and um you know but most people don't aren't going to look at seeing what it's doing but if someone buys like a full node and they don't, you know, run all of the individual script, like if they just buy like a, a single board computer and they don't install every single piece of, you know, um, like manually install everything and manually like get everything going, does that make it less theirs? I don't think so, because technically once they download the free open source software, they technically own the code that they're running, but they didn't write it. So I think there's like a an in-between there, you know, like, you should understand what's happening uh, to your computer and you'd be able to check to make sure that there's nothing extra running on the computer that, you know, that you installed stuff on. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I feel like there's an in-between. I'll fight you on it. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I, I, I try to pick, um, I try to look at that as like, I always, no matter what I'm doing in life in general, right. Uh, whether it's that or, building a shed or whatever example you can think of. Right. Mm -hmm. um, I always try to have the best of the best scenarios to aim for. Right. Like mm -hmm. I always try to have that, like, Oh, you could call it the unattainable goal. Right. I have that unattainable yeah. goal that I have set out, but that unattainable goals function is to show me how far I still have left to go. Right. It kind of, yeah. it, it, it like, indirectly humbles you right it reminds you that like there's so much further that i can go but here's where i'm at today so i can work at you know getting to closer to the ultimate goal will you ever get there i mean unless you're gonna be a full-time dev probably not but you know it's probably a good idea to have enough knowledge to be able to like download a file download the sha 256 some and like make sure that it's what it's supposed to be <laughs> yeah absolutely that for sure and and yeah like you definitely should be I, I think i think you're right on point like everyone should strive and it absolutely humbles you and like i said no matter how good of a dev you are like you are not a master of every single language no one will be ever can prove somebody's proved me wrong that there is someone who is a master of every single you know a programming language and they can just read flip every single 
any code anywhere, anytime, and just be able to like fluently understand what's going on in the context that it's being that it was written. You know, like it that's unrealistic. Like I don't think that that person exists, which is good because, like you said, it humbles every person and it makes every person strive for more, right? And um, it's kind of like uh, what you said kind of reminds me of that cheesy Matthew McConaughey, uh, uh, what like Oscar or whatever that he won, where it's like my you know my hero is me ten years from now. You know, I'm never gonna never gonna beat my hero. And it's ten, it's me in ten years, and then. Um, it just gives you someone to chase, you know, I, which I kind of liked what he was getting at. But um, yeah, I mean, like Bitcoin, software, everything, it's all a humbling experience. Like I've just learned, I constantly always learn something new from somebody like Max Stanhill is like always like 15 steps ahead of where my head's at. And so I love like having him to like pick his brain or, um, you know, any of those guys are just like, they're always, always thinking ahead, always using all the different software. They have a good grasp on what's going on. And I, I love that about it. So uh, it's all about staying humble, learning. Yeah. Uh, there was one guy who knew it all, but Terry died. So. <laughs> How Finney was one. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> RIP. People can say um, what they want about Terry Davis, but let me tell you, if you can come up with a whole programming language on your own, you're fucking doing yeah. something. I, yeah, that's intense. Good for them. <laughs> Good for him. That's fucking too much. But yeah. Um, yeah. And that's, I like always try, like I want to learn. I, I'm like always kind of upset that I always have like work that I'm, you know, code that I'm trying to write in like one language, you know, or two languages maybe. And I'm like, man, I really want to like, get really good at, you know, JavaScript or I really want to get really good at Java or, you know, master this one over here, whatever, you know, rust or something. It's all like, I'll start, but I'm like, shit, I have so much other work and I can't come back, you know, like, you know, priorities come up and it's like, man, um, you know, you, you really want to, I love trying to strive for more, but you know, one day I'll get it. One day I'll just, you know, go off the net for a little bit and try to figure, figure out some new languages to, to implement. But yeah. Yeah. That's, I did the same thing with, um, still in the middle of learning bash and i was like yo lisp is really cool let me uh let me learn some of that and then i was yeah. like okay this is too much shit's confusing yeah. absolutely yeah it's it gets complicated a lot of that shit gets super complicated and sometimes i look at code and i'm like no nope this is not not the language i'm gonna learn right now but the, <laughs> you know but the nice thing though with like programming in general is just like you can you can watch youtube videos or have like free online academies for almost any language that you want there is some code there is somebody that published a github somewhere that is like this is how you learn x language and it's out there for you you know like if you're hungry and you want to learn like that shit's free and it's there so like dig in and go figure it out you know and there's so many i mean my experience is, and a lot of people will say different, but <clears throat> my experience is anybody who's really involved and believes in like the FOSS ethos uh, is more than happy to like answer a question or point you in a direction of somebody who can. 1000%. It's such a different ball game from people who are truly FOSS and people 
and, and people who aren't remotely false at all. Like I'll say the the one in between, and this is because I got to know them was, uh, you know, the start nine guys yeah. because I got to know them and like, you know, we had that whole debate. Like you even said, like, like we want to open up our code and we just want to get, you know, get to a point and we'll start to like slowly un, undo our stuff or whatever. And like, you know, they're in a different realm in my opinion, cause they have, you know, sovereign apps and whatever, and that's kind of their thing. Um, and you know, whatever, at least you could explain it. And so I respected that. And like, we reach out, we help each other. Uh, like if I have questions, he helps me. If he has questions, I help him. And so like, he has, he has the right ethos. Um, but like, you can see such a difference and like, we could just start shit talking now because this is the fun part. Yeah, right? fuck yeah. You can see a difference and like, uh, like we'll use Raspi Blitz and, and Ronan, for example, right? Like those guys have like helped us. And I mean, like they don't really need help with from us too much because they don't use Dojo or Whirlpool or like any of the same shit that we do. But, um, you know, there's always back and forth or like if there's somebody talking shit on, tele- on Twitter, like we have their back and they have our back, which is awesome. You know, like, um, we're always there to help each other. If there's something that comes up or tour issue or whatever, like we're going to help each other out. And, um, you know, versus like crickets from umbrella or, uh, you know, the whole, uh, cold card thing versus, uh, foundation. And like, it's so blatant. It's so blatant when like companies, uh, that started out FOSS and they, uh, you know, and then they, they get to a certain point and then they get scared because someone forked their stuff. And it's like, you're, it's like so obvious that you, that you are not confident enough in your own model. Yes. That someone takes your stuff and because you were false, which is your decision and ethos, someone took it and then you're too scared to fight. You're too scared to stand up and, and go for it. And it just shows that like, you know, you don't like it to me, if I was a customer, it shows me that you're not you're not confident enough in what you have that you're going to win the market. That's really what it comes down to. I don't care how, I don't care about marketing. I don't care about any other shit. Like that's bullshit. This is Bitcoin. It's existed for this long and has not had any true marketing. Like there's no marketing firm for Bitcoin. There's no, you know, there's no one who's running some Bitcoin like marketing firm for free and doing all this stuff like that. It doesn't exist. If Bitcoin can do it, why, why the hell does it matter if someone is, you know, has more money for marketing or whatever. It doesn't fucking matter. It's bullshit. It's just a bullshit excuse. And, um, you know, when you, you just see that difference, right? Wait, is that MVK's excuse? Oh, I mean, like, that's every excuse I've heard. Oh, from okay. Me. I was going to say good. Uh, I'm, sure, I'm sure he said that at some point. I, I just stopped, <laughs> stopped caring. Um, but, I mean, I got blocked, like, two years ago, you know. So, um, the... <laughs> The thing that gets me is like um, people who are truly false, right? And I think NVK showed his showed his cards way earlier when he forked off tre- uh, Trezor like their code, and then he changed the code. Like he just copied the code and took out their you know like took out their MIT stuff. And it, like that to me just shows like you are not willing to acknowledge that you stand on the shoulders of giants. Right. That is what false is about. It's acknowledging that you do not, you are not the, you might have the code right now and it might be your repo and you're running in your own direction, but you stand on the shoulders of giants. Like you, um, you would not be where you're at without other people putting in the legwork before you. That is the difference. That's, 
that's where false, true false people uh, separate themselves from, you know, people who are LARPing and just lying to everybody. They're lying to themselves, they're lying to everybody else. Open source, quote unquote, open source is not false, like at all. That's source available. It's the same thing, Zelko. I fucking hate when I see source, <laughs> when I, when I see open source or if they say, oh, it's uh, it's free and it's open source. Go to our GitHub. That <laughs> fucking pit, that that is the most belligerent, like disrespectful, and um, just like you're just lying, disingenuous thing that you could put on there. That is the biggest bullshit that I've ever fucking seen, and it's a disgrace to like the entire Bitcoin community and the entire false community. That is just such horseshit. That's that's the thing that just triggers me the most. I don't give a fuck if anybody wants to be like not open source, like not false, whatever. Do your thing. I don't care. You're not gonna make it, in my opinion. But if if you are sitting there lying to the Bitcoin community, especially you know, talking about Bitcoin, you're lying to the Bitcoin community about being false, you can go fuck yourself. Like 100 percent Yeah, especially if you're like and and your avenue of lying about it is arguing the definition of false. Yeah. Yeah. Like there's one clear definition of false. Yeah. yeah it's, I don't know. I mean, I think the bare minimum, uh, while we're on one of my favorite people, NVK, um, I think the bare minimum, if you're a customer and you see actions like, you know, changing your licensing, the minimum you should know that there's really nothing innovative coming down the line. Like you can look forward to years of exactly what you already have. Yeah. Because if he believed he was going to innovate. Yeah. If he believed he was going to innovate and build a better product, then why would you worry about somebody forking your code? Yeah. And that's the best part. Like I've said this on like every talk that I've done on this is like, I, I wish someone would fork my code and do something cool with it. Cause then I'll take it and I'll put it back in my code. That's less work for me. It's cool. <laughs> like do it because you, because number one, like no two people are like, and it's clear, right? When you look at foundation versus cold cart, they have two totally different visions of hardware wallets, completely different, right? They, their code is similar, right? I mean, like at least at a base level and that's cool, whatever. Like, like foundation has never been like, oh, we all, we wrote the code all ourselves. No. They, they are like 100% open and transparent about what they did, which is fork off just like an, any other normal, you know, group would do. But like, you know, when you start like making excuses about closing your shit and, you know, it's, it's such bullshit. And like, you could easily go back and forth. Like if someone made, you know, Ronin Blitz and they just started doing their own thing and they did something awesome. I'm like, cool, bro. Like, I'm going to take it back. And I'm going to take it down my vision, down my path, because we're never going to have the two same visions. Never. It's not going to be the same. And I'm going to do it better because I'm better than you. And I know it. And I'm (laughs) going to prove it. Like, if you don't have that mindset, you're not going to make it in the false community. You know, like you see it. Like Samurai is a great example. Right. Like they're like, yeah, you get like anybody can run a coordinator. Right. Anybody can run their own pools and do their own thing. You can do it. You can make your own Whirlpool, you know, mixing service. It's it's free and open source. Fork it and take it. Doesn't happen, right? But if they did, go for it. Cool. 
like like they've never once been like oh you can't you can't take that and it's like well they use they use whirlpool to to get fees and it's like yep yeah they do because they're providing a service one and two like that's how they can maintain themselves without having to go to vc funds and or simp to the fucking whatever grants that are going to be put out there like they don't have to simp to anybody they don't have to bend the knee to anybody because they have their own revenue coming in but challenge i like why like no one everyone wants to talk shit on twitter but no one wants to challenge them and just fork their code and do something different you want to bitch about samurai wallet having the uh what's called like like being backed by like their server right for default wallets like it's not default dojo and whatever and it's like okay you want to bitch and complain about it you've not complained about any of the actual like features in the wallet not complain about anything negative like no one ever talks about the actual protocol of whirlpool the only thing they do is go oh i don't trust them i'm like that i don't they're mean or oh well like they they back by their own server i'm like yeah because most people trust the fucking wallet that they're using if you didn't trust the the developers don't use the wallet like it's that simple like if i don't trust I don't know. Like, if I don't trust Sparrow, well, if I don't trust Craig, I'm not going to run Sparrow. Like, it's pretty fucking simple, right? Like, very plain. Or I could fork it and do it myself. But, like, all these people complain, make all this stink. Everyone's complaining about the features. What they do complain about is, uh, you know, is what Samurai did. I'm like, well, they made a decision. So you fucking like it or you don't. Don't use it. They you made can a just decision. put a furry friend finder on there and then they probably <laughs> stop vision. Oh my god! <laughs> no, no comment. On furry. I mean, not furry. What's this? He has a name. Damn you! Oh god, I fucking hate that. Ah, uh, all right, you're gonna be triggered. No, but, but that's what it is. You're right. I mean, if you don't have anything to bitch about about the actual text, so you take shots at other shit. Oh, you're they're so mean. This is why I don't give a fuck what anybody says, right? Because if Listen. that's if that's a reason you're going to talk shit or you're going to talk shit about something like here's how i knew right i knew that it wasn't about and, and this is like you know people ask about the privacy wars and uh, it's like it's not a war it's not a war it's just a miss it's a it's an attack campaign right and you have you have samurai wild team and developers or whatever that just don't take shit from people like they're not going to sit there and let you like talk shit on their on their team on their project on what they do and that's why they talk shit back but if you look at the actual stuff that they say that like they don't make claims without providing information and proof and then on the same side like they you know you, you just keep hearing all these attacks but it's it's just changes goalposts every time you know like first it was oh well like you use the well they have default dojo wallet they can't do mo they can't do mobile mixing despite the fact that it's going to help all these other users with on-chain privacy, they can't do that because it defaults to Samurai Wallet and then they can de-anonymize all these people. I'm like, okay, one, that like, there's nothing that links your wallet to, to your identity. There's no KYC, there's no information, okay? And it's default through Tor. So I don't know where that came from because they had default Tor before Whirlpool was mobile. So, okay, I guess we got to change. Now they have mobile mixing going. We have to change the goalposts. Oh, well, they need Dojo only pools. And it's like, so you need to have dojo only pools in order to obtain better privacy. And it's like, that didn't even make sense because even if you were worrying about that, you remix twice and like that number is gone because the number of dojo users is greater than like 80, 70 or 80%. And so your mix 
like mathematically is disappeared from their server. So there's that. And then, you know, so that wasn't enough, right? They kept writing that and like, well, until it has dojo only pools, it's not enough. And then Sparrow joins the party. Now it's even less linkability. There's even, there's even more people mixing and there's even more, um, there's even less like opportunity for anybody to bitch and complain. And they just, whatever it is, it's never going to be enough. And that's what I love about Samurai is that through all the FUD, through all this bullshit and, and moving goalposts, it never, it, their vision was their vision. And they never once went, okay, okay, we'll, we'll like, we'll fix that one thing. So everyone will like us. It's like, well, if you don't fucking like it, don't use it. Like, <laughs> shut the fuck up. Like, this is our shit. This is our wallet. Like, we're going to do what we think is best because it's our shit. If you don't want to use it, that's fine. We're providing the best, like most cutting edge privacy tools, on-chain wallet on the on-chain, uh, you know, Bitcoin features, first one to get SegWit, all that shit. Like you don't want to use it, don't use it. And that's our mindset. And that, that to me is inspiring. Like seven years of just doing what the fuck they want, not bending the knee to all these other people is like top tier shit. Like if that's not what you want in your privacy wallet, like provider, then that, like, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, so two things <laughs> as far as like the FUD shit, I saw two ends of a ridiculous argument happen in the same thread the other day where somebody bitched about uh, the fees on Whirlpool. And then <laughs> three comments later, they were like, well, you know, if it's free, then you're the product. Because <laughs> they were talking yeah. about remixes. And I'm like, how can you, how, where are the mental gymnastics that it takes to get there? And just a couple of comments like a couple comments later it's because it's not mental gymnastics it's just lying like it's just disingenuous fud you know and it's like bro like and that's why like i used to just stop disengaging like i used to stop engaging and all that stuff and i just recently caught up in it by accident and um my god like i forgot how like dishonest people are because it really is not like it's just not, it's just not real. And when you see like what you just said, cause it happens all the time. If you go back and look at any of these like gigantic fight threads, it's just mental gymnastics over and over and back and forth. And like, like counter contradicting themselves like 14 times. And I'm like, dude, I'm talking to a fucking wall. Like there, there is people who, and then they want to say like, oh, you're paid by Samurai. I'm like, I wish I was being paid by Samurai cause then I'd be making way more fucking money, but I'm not. <laughs> here wasting my time talking to a fucking brick wall you know like my god like you just are dumb but you did it to, in hopes that someone else reads it and they're like wow this guy's stupid and zoko sounds at least somewhat intelligent because i'm definitely not smart but like somewhat intelligent i'll take <laughs> i have to say too like i would argue the biggest piece of fud around samurai is that they're assholes <laughs> That's not fun. That's fun. I'm telling you, that's fun. I'm telling my experiences. (laughs) That is fun. I have interacted with a good, a good amount of that community. Uh, People like you and like, whoa, who are involved with dojo. And I've never had anybody be anything but nice to me. Cause I don't come in like a dickhead. If you come in (laughs) like a dickhead, you're going to get a dickhead response. But if you come in, and you ask a question in good conscience because you want to know. 
Mm-hmm. I guarantee you, you will be returned the same kindness. If you come and ask it a, a genuine question, they're not going to tell you to go fuck yourself. Yeah, it doesn't happen at all. Ever. And it's just painted yeah. that way, and it pisses me the fuck off. Yeah, well, I mean, it. <laughs> so, like, when I, when I say it's not fun, I mean, I. It's. I love I love samurai guys. Intern is one of my favorite people, but the the reason I say it's not fun is because they're they're assholes in the sense that like they're not going to be nice for you know just to appease you. Like now, if you are coming in, especially in Telegram, is like the best, most like you know uh, friendly environment. But if you're if you're there, you're like you said, open, asking questions, just taking in feedback. Um, you know, like, and it's in like, and when your question gets answered, you're like, oh, okay, I got it. Instead of like trying to push your agenda on somebody, but like for the most part, they're, they're not going to be assholes, but they're assholes in the sense that like, they're not going to, they're not going to back down, you know, like they, they got the, like, you know, BDE, like they're not going to sit there and let you let anybody, especially on Twitter, like push them around or, you know, or try to get them to bend the, bend the knee and, you know, go to the will of someone else. They're not going to do that. And that some people think that's they're assholes for that. So, you know, could there's spooks it's, haven't it's, you heard? It's like, oh you're you're on the official, you know, um you're on the official product like Twitter. Like this isn't very professional. It's like go fuck yourself. Like to me that is fucking hilarious when they when he says shit like that and you're just like, yeah, like this is exactly who I want to be developing my privacy, you know, my privacy wallet. I want someone who's going to be a fucking asshole. Uh, to people who are going to flood them. Like, fuck them. I don't know. I go through the same shit with this podcast. I had, I made the grave error of inviting Laser Hoddle on this podcast. And, uh, yeah, it was, and then I, you know, I did my research and I didn't like what I saw. So, I meme the life out of him and I uninvited him. And some people were like, oh, you know, I really wanted to hear him. I'm like, fucking start your own podcast. <laughs> I don't give a fuck. I have no sponsors. Like, I'm not, uh, nobody fucking tells me what to do with this. I do it when I fucking feel like doing it. And I talk to only the people that I want to talk to. And if you don't fucking like it, start your own fucking podcast. I did it and I'm half retarded. <laughs> God goddamn right. Like, that. that's what I love. You know, like, uh, it's, when that's the intent like the energy is so much better you know like uh that's what i was saying like with max bit by bit and it's like so fun because like he's just like yeah like i i just want to talk to people i want to talk to and like learn like people i want to learn from like i have them on so i can learn and i'm like dude that's like like that's awesome you know and like and you're doing it and now other people get it like that's that's the way it should be you know and yeah i, th- I think that was a good move like laser i don't know man that guy's <laughs> we don't it's have time a, for that <laughs> that's a whole other thing it's just i'm like sometimes i just scratch my head and i'm like i don't even know like but that's not getting that i'll fucking I'll, we'll be here all day but yeah exactly mm-hmm. we got like 10 minutes left so <clears throat> to kind of wrap it up in the 10 minutes why don't you take us through like um you know the the benefits privacy wise as far as running your own node um why you feel besides the fact that it's your project uh, <laughs> that Ronin Dojo is the best option for that. Um, and, you know, kind of what, what you guys offer 
um, that that really can't be found somewhere else. Okay. Um, yeah. So in general, right, like the, the baseline reason you want to run a full node is to gain baseline privacy, right? Like your, your wallet's uh, extended public key uh, that has all the addresses that will ever be, you know, utilized. If you're not running your own node, it's it's with someone else, and your privacy's you know um, subject to them, right? You you expose yourself to them, um, and so like to me, that's that's like baseline. Like you have to have you should be running your own node, and then you know when it comes to Ronin Dojo, I mean the, I mean I'm glad to see a lot of people are using Tor and doing that kind of stuff to to communicate their wallet, but really what separates us is our extreme dedication and focus to on-chain on-chain solutions and the best privacy practices on for on-chain right so you know utilizing whirlpool having those mixes running 24 7 uh, getting those free remixes and then you know we uh you know we're about to be releasing a new uh web interface here in a, in a hopefully a couple of days, maybe a week. I don't know when this is going to come out, but, um, you know, so we're, we're developing a lot of good stuff to help onboard and help get, you know, that in between and while still maintaining really strong privacy and uh, security features. Right. So our, you know, the, the Tantas that are coming out, people that ordered those, uh, they're starting to get shipped right now. And, um, you know, they're going to get one of the best features is that like, um, it all installs on its own, but you get a, a, uh, the password that you're getting, we don't know what it is. It's not hard set, but what it is, is randomized extent, like a long password that is ran completely randomized that we'll never know and no one else will know, but you the moment that you sign into the, U the UI, you get to actually have the opportunity to either copy it down like you would a Bitcoin seed, um, or you can, uh, you can change your password to me. That's like one of the best user experiences that I've seen or had on a, on a full node, uh, like plug and play option. Um, and so, you know, like I said, with, with us being so focused on on chain and we don't have to worry, like there's so much development and people trying to make new stuff on lightning, um, which I still don't think is there yet. Like there's some cool stuff that is being in the works, but um, you know, I still don't think we're, we're at like main net. Like I, I need to, I need to drop everything to go on set on layer two. Like, I don't think we, we have that need yet. And, um, and so, you know, we'll see where it goes in the future, but I think that with what our focus is, um, we're able to develop and, and put in the best product in the best places, you know, utilize BISC, um, have easy BISC connection. Uh, we have, you know, the latest mempool, which most people have, uh, we're working on implementing fulcrum that new indexer that uh well it's not new but newly found by craig raw um and uh, supposed to be super like blazing fast and so we're we're implementing that working on a bunch of options for people to choose and use what they want on their uh on their hardware so um you know with that because we're so focused we're able to have the most stable dojo uh, implementation. So if you're using Samurai Wallet, like you are getting the most stable, um, the most stable Samurai experience. Like I've had people who who've had up times of, you know, 200 plus days uh, with nothing dropping. And like, I've not yet to hear that about anybody else 
on any on my node or uh, umbrella, you know, and it's a lot of that's because we are Samurai Wallet like community first and foremost. And we know we know how that shit works inside and out. And um, yeah, so we're able to like do the right stuff and build it dojo first and utilize that power server that dojo really is because it really is a power server so um yeah that's why my unbiased very biased opinion <laughs> of why run dojo is uh, is the best option for on-chain privacy um like i said you're you're really getting a hyper-focused um hyper-focused project that's not going to stray from what you need because most people realistically are either trying to get into privacy or they're just trying to use their hardware wallet. Either way, we got you covered. Nice. Well, Zelko, yep. I, uh, I appreciate your time. Um, I appreciate you, you know, coming out and uh, taking some time to break some shit down for people like me. Hell yeah, it was fun. I like uh, I like having I like, I like the the conversation we had and the the wild path that we ended up on. Having some fun shit talking, that's always good. Um, I had a great time, man. That was a lot of fun. Hell yeah, man. Well, uh, enjoy your Friday night, and uh, I'll talk to you soon. Sounds good. Oh, yeah, and fuck wasabi. Hey. <laughs> <laughs>